Matthew chapter number 7 and verse number 13 this morning when you found your place. Matthew seven thirteen, Verse 13 of the gospel according to Matthew says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Why? Verse 14 answers, Because straight is the gate. And narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raven in wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. That's speaking of hell. Wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven... Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? That's preachers. And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Back in verse number 13, it's going to be my text this morning. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Matthew chapter 7, the Word of God says, Enter in at the straight gate. That word straight... The Word of God teaches us that if something is important, it's established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. When you see the Lord Jesus consider something so important that He would reiterate it in two different ways. Many times, because I speak in hillbilly English, I find myself compelled to use adjectives and use words that sometimes are synonyms and try to get my point across and use two or three different words that have the same meaning. And the Lord Jesus uses the word straight and the word narrow here. That word straight does not mean the shortest distance between two points as a straight line. That word straight means narrow this morning. And the Word of God says very clearly, very concisely, without any confusion, the Word of God says, Enter at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. That's speaking of hell. And many there be which go in thereat. Now, this is not my opinion, and this is not something that a preacher says to frighten people or to try to get your attention. I just simply read the Word of God this morning, and the Word of God says, Many there be which go in thereat. Verse 14 says, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And F-E-W, few there be that find it. 
It's difficult for us to comprehend this morning. And I know and I understand that most people would rather just ignore this. I know most people would rather not pay attention, would rather go on their merry little way and never hear this mentioned this morning. But based on the authorized King James Bible, the Word of God that I hold in my hand this morning, this book says that the vast majority of people, period, will go to hell. That's what this book says. And I'm afraid that we have such a lackadaisical attitude about things this morning that somehow in our minds we really don't think God will put people in hell. Somehow or another in our mind we think of the likes of a Jeffrey Dahmer or a John Wayne Gacy, some sex pervert that had murdered young men and buried them in the basement of their house that somehow God might put them in hell. But what we fail to understand this morning, the authority of the Word of God says the majority of people you know are going to go to hell. The authority of this book, and I've not gotten to that place in the book of the Revelation, teaches that in the Laodicean church age, and that's the age in which we live, that the vast majority of people inside the walls of fundamental Bible-preaching Baptist churches will die and go to hell. I didn't make that up. That's what this book teaches. And it's a sobering thought this morning and we need to be sober-minded and looking at and reckoning with the fact, and I'm talking about a biblical, scriptural, doctrinal fact that most people that you know will go to hell. Most of them. Most people that you meet in the grocery store and you stand in line behind them in Lowe's Foods or in food line, most of them are going to go to hell. Most of the young ladies that check you out at the checkout line are going to go to hell. Most of the ladies you meet at the bank are going to go to hell. Most of the people that you deal with in service stations and convenience stores will go to hell. Most of the people in your family will go to hell. I know that it's not popular, and I'm not saying that so you'll like that this morning. I'm trying to help you understand what this book says. The Word of God said the ways broad many there be which go in thereat. And He said the way to heaven is straight, it's narrow and FEW few. There be that find it. I'll tell you why only few find it this morning. There ain't many looking for it. The Word of God teaches us that no man seeketh after God and the only way you'll ever even have a thought of God in your mind is through grace. God has to allow you to get to a place where you even want to know anything about God. And not many folks are looking for it and I'm absolutely certain this morning that many people are convinced that they're already on the right road and they're moving along unconcerned because they don't realize they need to be looking for another way. I think most people have come to church and lived in such a, a, a non-Holy Ghost Spirit-filled atmosphere, just a bunch of flesh and going through the rituals and the motions and the routines that they have figured out that's about the only way there really is. But I thank God in this last little while the precious sweet Holy Ghost has come by and clued some folks in in this building. There is a better way. Amen. There is something more to serving God than what a lot of folks have had for years. That's why some of y'all jumped your little perfection and got in the family of God. You found out there's a different way. Amen. Thank God there is a way this morning, but it's straight and it's narrow. 
A lot of folks today say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I beg to differ with them this morning. In the Laodicean church age that we live in, the road to hell is paved with religion. How broad is that road, preacher? On one side of the road, they never sleep. It's lit with neon lights and self-indulgence and flesh unleashed, lascivious, ungodly partying lifestyles, pornography and drugs and alcohol. No speed limits, no stop signs, no time to read a little warning sign that says danger ahead. That ain't our biggest problem. How broad's the road, preacher? It's so broad that on the other side, men in a drunken stupor of religion stagger and stumble down the road to hell lined with bright colored lights and neon signs that say our church is the friendly church. Our church is the praying church. Hey, we've got something over here for the young people. We got rap music and rock music and we got something for the old people that donuts and coffee as long as they last. Come dressed as yard. Just come to the early service and get it over with. The road to hell's got plenty of room for a youth choir. They got room for youth groups. They got room for choir members. They got room for all the church memberships you can tote along with them. Just as long as there ain't no Holy Ghost involved. Preacher, have you got something at the church for the senior adults? Yeah. We sing out of that old red back book and we preach the word of God. Amen. Well, no, no, preacher. Have you got something for teenagers, for young people? Yeah, we sing out of that old red back church hymnal and preach the word of God. Amen. No, preacher. Have you got one of them family life centers so the ladies can eat yogurt and have aerobics classes? <laughs> no, we sing out of that red back book and preach the word of God. I still believe it takes preaching to get somebody birthed into the family of God. And I'm telling you today that the road to hell is paved with religion and folks is running along and not paying a bit of attention. How broad is it? There's room for all that stuff. As long as there's no Holy Ghost, you know, false cults. You see them out in the ditch? They may be in the ditch, Alan, but they're on the same road. It don't really matter, Brother James, if you're on the center line or in the ditch. If you're on the same road, you're on the same road. I'll tell you what, this is almost unbelievable this morning, but it wasn't many years ago that my precious elderly mother loved God best she knew how best she understood traveling took my daddy to preach carried the gospel and carried my daddy from church to church to preach the word of God and there I was a hellion and a rebel raising the devil everywhere I went Miss Paulette and I'll tell you how broad that road was that road was so wide it was so broad I couldn't see my mom on the other side of it we was both on the same road hello there's folks sitting in here this morning you didn't have any idea what road you was on it was so broad there was so much around you, you really couldn't get your bearings and couldn't get a perspective to see what was going on. Just go with the flow. There's little resistance when you go with the flow. Just follow the leader. Everybody's doing it the same way and going the same direction. This morning, our churches are absolutely jam-packed full of lost folks. You know why they follow the leader? Because our churches is full of lost leaders this morning. 
And I'll just go ahead right here now. I'll not apologize to the general public, but I do apologize to sinners this morning. I'm sorry that you have seen a bunch of foolishness in God's name in the church, and I apologize for that. Because it's gone on all of my life. It didn't start last week. It's gone on for years. There's folks that's got full of pride and full of arrogance and think they're doing God a favor and there's men that'll stand in Mount Pulpits. I don't understand why people don't understand this is a holy place. It's for holy men to stand. This is a holy place. I did not volunteer. I did not wake up one morning last week and decide to be a preacher before the foundation of the world God ordained that that little snot-nosed ragged boy from Fair Plains was going to preach the word of God. I did. There are no volunteers in this army. I got drafted. People decide they're going to pick a vocation, going to be a preacher. Praise God, they show their ignorance. They got a lot of things I'd choose before I'd choose to be a preacher. The Word of God says in 2 Corinthians, turn there if you will, chapter 13, verse number 5. The precious Word of God says, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. That's a good practice every once in a while, and I remember a time or two. Sitting on the front row over at New Beginning and my pastor began to ride back and preach in the anointing of God. And I get so lost in the Holy Ghost, it was in me, Miss Lori. I've got no idea what he preached. Don't know what his outline was. Don't know what his conclusion was. But something in my soul got to jiggling up and down telling me I was saved by the grace of God. Hallelujah. This morning, there's something inside me that lets me know I've been born again. Passed from death unto life. I know I'm saved by the Spirit that lives within me. We say, well, preacher, sometimes I get a good feeling. I ain't talking about getting a good feeling. I'm talking about the sovereign God of glory lives in my soul. There's a difference. People on the same road got things in common. Do you know that? I'm going to give you four of them. We're going to go to the house, number one. Where'd you change roads at? Where did you change roads at? There was a day I was lost, unregenerate, without God, and on my way to hell, and I was on a broad beaten path, and I had to change roads. There's a place where I changed roads. Where did you change roads at? You can't just turn around just anywhere you want to. I was sitting up here at the bank a little while back at Northwestern Bank up here on 18, above where old Hardy's used to be. And I'd walked out of the bank and I was sitting there in my car and there's an old boy in a big old 51, 52 foot trailer come pulling down that little street between the bank and Hardy's. And I seen him pull down in there. I knew immediately this boy don't know where he's going. He's in a jam. And I seen him lock the brakes on that rig and got out and walked to the back and looked and shook his head. And I don't know what all he said, but it probably wasn't nice. I politely got out of my car and I said, son, I'll tell you what. I said, if you can get that thing backed out in the road here, you can get in Hardy's parking lot, go around that parking lot. There's a light, get you out on the other side. I can tell by the look on your face, you headed to Carolina Mirror. You need to go down that little straight over on the other side. 
He said, yeah, that's where I'm going. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do, son. You get in that truck, and I said, you let me know when you're ready, and I'll step out in 18, and I'll stop traffic and let you get back out and pull up in that parking lot. Miss Diane, if I hadn't stopped traffic for that boy, he'd probably still be there. So there's times, there's things you can't do by yourself. And Brother Wesley, you drag that old truck around. You can't just turn that thing around anywhere you want to. You men, Butch, you fellows that drove a truck in here, you don't just turn around where you want to. You careful where you put that thing. You think about it. You plan it out. You know. You call ahead on that cuss box, on that CB radio, find out where there's a parking place. You know why? You can't turn around just where you want to. And in our churches in modern days, men have stood in pulpits, false prophets, and told folks, you can turn around anywhere you want to. No, you can't. Boy, I remember going up through Arizona one time, going up through those mountains and pulling that trailer. And man, I got to pulling them mountains and that fuel gauge got to going down. We got to looking for some fuel. And we, we finally found a place that had diesel fuel. And I pulled that truck in there. And I got out in that parking lot and I thought when I pulled in that place, how am I going to turn around, Brother Wesley? I got in that place and I mean it was a narrow little old road and not much parking lot and it was about dark and I couldn't hardly see what I was doing and, and I, I got worried about that thing and I said, well, I'm going to have to pull back out the road going up here and see if I can find a place to turn around. Brother Wesley, that's been years ago, but I remember, I don't have any idea what it was there for, but a half a mile past that little old uh, service station for no apparent reason, there was a driveway and about a five-acre gravel parking lot. There wasn't nobody in it. Now, they probably, some businessman somewhere is looking today saying, I ain't got no idea why I put that parking lot there. But God knows. He knows there's going to be a preacher boy in a bind with a 35-foot trailer that's going to have to turn around. And today, I remember Brother James where I turned that rig around. I remember going through Pocatello, Idaho. God help. Thank God I don't live in Pocatello, Idaho. I remember going through Pocatello, Idaho and had to get turned around and go back and try to find a garage. And we pulled off on a little road and had to find a place. Couldn't find no place to turn that rig around. And I finally found a driveway and wiggled around and backed around and worked around. I was as sweating and nervous as could be trying to get that thing back around. You know what, Miss Donna, today I could just about take you that driveway in Pocatello, Idaho where I turned around. You know why? That was a monumental place where I got turned around, Brother Wesley. You probably got one or two in your life, ain't you, son? If you're saved in this building this morning, you changed roads somewhere, you got turned around, and you know. You know when and where you was when you got turned around. Hallelujah. Number two, people that's been on the same road seen the same sights. I remember the first time I ever went out Interstate 10 going to Los Angeles. The first time I was ever going out through there, I was about 17 years old. And I got to seeing signs. Everywhere I went, there were signs that said, The Thing. Stop and see The Thing. If you've ever been on Interstate 10 out through there, you know what I'm talking about. There's signs everywhere that says, The Thing. Stop and see The Thing. Me and Miss Lori stopped and saw The Thing. I still ain't sure what it is. That's why they, that's why they call it The Thing. You get to going up through... South Dakota, and way before we ever get to South Dakota, 400 some miles away, you'll begin to see signs that say Wall Drug Store. Stop at Wall Drug. Anybody in this building that's ever been out west and ever been through South Dakota, you've seen signs that say Wall Drug. Stop and see Wall Drug. Everywhere out there. I believe people have been on the road seeing some of the same signs, don't you? Some of the same signs. I'll give you four or five things that you've seen this morning. Number one, people get to telling their salvation testimony. 
Oh, they got some little old story about a date in and, and some little old place. And I get to wondering, do, are they talking about the same thing I am? Because the road I was on, the first sight I saw, Brother Wesley, was conviction. Somebody gets telling their salvation testimony. I won't hear about how God dealt with you. Hey, don't tell me about some date wrote down on a calendar and some little old jinky something. Tell me about when God got the finger and in your heart, letting you know you was lost, making you uncomfortable, where you didn't want to be around the things of God or the people of God, but there was something drawing on you and a messing with you, Brother Tim. Tell me about when God dealt with you. That's what I want to hear. Hey, tell me about the peace that you got when the burden rolled away. <laughs> There ain't never been a man, woman, boy, or girl ever got saved. But you got to a place where you humbled yourself at the foot of the cross. And the Lord Jesus took that burden of sin off you. And praise God. Hallelujah. Tell me about that. If you've been on the same road I've been on, you know about it. And if you don't know about it, that tells me you ain't been on the same road I've been on. You got you a different salvation. You got you a different gospel and a different Jesus. You didn't get what I got. There's a place where that burden lives. And then there's a place of fellowship, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'll just tell you this in humility and honesty this morning. Before the service today, I, I, I gauge my faith in what's going to happen in this pulpit by how I pray down in the basement before Sunday morning service. And Brother George Jesus was surreal in my soul in that little old Sunday school room this morning. I almost didn't want to come back up here because he was there. And I didn't know for sure if he was going to be up here, but I know he was there. And I thank God for the fellowship that a man, woman, boy, or girl can have with the only begotten Son of God. I challenge you. You new converts that just got saved, you need to have your time and a place set apart where you can just get along with God and say, God, I just want to dedicate this time to you. You know why I'm here, God. I just want to talk to you. Don't want to beg for nothing or ask for nothing. Just want to talk to you. Let you know I love you. There's a time and a place of fellowship, and then there's answered prayers. That's some of the sights that you see. There's a place where you got turned around. There's some sights you've seen. And generally, people on the same roads go in the same direction. They sort of like the same things. There's some of them old roads out there in Wyoming. We used to live on 16 going into Yellowstone Park. We lived in a little old one-horse town, and uh, we had a policeman there. His name was Dennis. And Yellowstone made their money one way, and Dennis made his another. And uh, all these folks had come up through there, and they was headed to Yellowstone. They weren't paying no attention to that speed limit sign. Dennis is out there feeding his youngins. And uh, you know how that goes. But you know what them folks was doing? They all had the same thing in mind. They was all enjoying the same things. They was all pulling them campers, and they liked to get in them campsites. They liked to find out where there was a bear or an elk somewhere beside the road, and you'd see them all gathered up and pulled off the road and looking. People that's usually going the same way looking for the same things, ain't they? I tell you what, the people that's going the way I'm going like the Word of God. 
They like preaching. They like to get them tapes. They like to get them CDs. And I got some of them old Percy Ray tapes and some of them others. And it does my heart good to see some of these young converts get to wanting some of that good gospel music and some of that good preaching. I hear folks now sit and listen to some of them messages over and over and over again. I tell you what, when God gets to dealing with somebody in conviction, they get to listen to them things over and over again. God deal with them through that. But after you get saved... That feeds the inner man. And there's some of them messages. There's some I got, Brother Daniel, I've had for 15 years. And I still listen to them over and over again. You know why? It feeds my soul. Bothers me people don't like preaching. Bothers me people don't like the house of God. And I realize this morning we're low in number today. We got folks that's off on vacation doing a whole lot of different things. There's folks sitting in this building. You've been to church more in the last six months than you've been in the last six years because you fell in love with the house of God. Some of you are beginning to fall in love with the people of God. Just liking being around your friends and your family. And some of you have begun to find out that your church family is a whole lot closer than your blood relatives. Well, you'll find that out in a hurry. It bothers me, folks, not interested in being around the things of God, being around the Holy Ghost of God. Everybody didn't get the same thing. Everybody ain't on the same road. Brother Wesley, ain't all the same. This road's straight. It's narrow. And you ain't going to bump into a whole bunch of people on this road. There'll be a few along the way. God will yoke you up with some, hook you up with some you can walk with and you can talk with and fellowship with. But I'll give you this. We're going to go to the house. There's some places if you've been, you ought to be able to give at least some simple directions to somebody else out there. This morning, if you're riding through South Dakota, I can tell you where to stop and get you a bite to eat, get you a cold Pepsi, a place to rest and get you some fuel. You get to Murdo, South Dakota, get to looking for that big old limousine on top of that sign, Miss Lord, on the right-hand side, on the north side of the interstate. When you see that limousine, go ahead and pull off. There's a Texaco station there. You know how I know that Brother Wesley had been there. You get to riding through Deer Lodge, Montana, and you want a good place to stop. Look over on the left-hand side on the south side of the interstate, and there's a good uh, restaurant there. One of them all-night joints. And on the right-hand side of the road, there's a McDonald's, and there's a gas station, and they got plenty of room to park in big rigs. You know why I know that I've been there? I, I know where the Dairy Queen is. <laughs> in about every town I've ever been through. <laughs> God, that's important to me. <laughs> it bothers me. People say they've been somewhere and they can't tell you nothing about how to get there. Yeah. Amen. Testimony has great power. Word of God says the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. I, it, it done my heart good and, and I wasn't embarrassed. Them. There's one of our precious new converts and we were somewhere at a function the other day outside the walls of this church and Folks was talking and eating and carrying on, doing different things. And I got to listen to one of them converts, new converts, and there's folks sitting around that was lost. And I got to listen to one of them new converts, got to tell them about when he's under conviction. Yeah. Tell them about God dealing with them and tell them about how God had wore them out, wrung them out like a dish rag. And I was thinking, praise God, they've been somewhere and they're telling somebody else how to get there. Your testimony gives directions this morning preaching. Of the Word of God gives folks directions. This morning, there's one last thing I'll give you, and we're going to go to the house. Along this road, every once in a while, you'll see somebody like I did the other day, Brother Wesley. 
they're sitting beside the road and along this broad beaten path, they'll get folks slowed down for just a minute or two and listen to their testimony. That's precious. Everybody ain't going to listen, but some of them will. You're going to have impact on some of them. You just keep telling them. You don't have to know all the Scriptures. You don't have to understand everything about salvation. I don't understand everything about electricity, but I know how to plug a cord in and make a light work. You don't have to understand three-phase power to do that. I'll tell you what, every once in a while, God let me preach this book. Folks on that broad and beaten path will slow down just long enough to get a glimpse over to the side. Say, hey, maybe there is something else besides this road. As important as your testimony is and as important as the preaching of the Word of God is, there's multiplied millions. Not thousands, not tens of thousands, but multiplied millions this morning. They're walking that beaten, broad path. They're headed off and you can see them just about to crest the hill. Just about to reach the slippery slopes, the precipice of the dam. Fall off eternally. But this morning, I thank God that along that road, there's some folks with a testimony. There's been some men that are standing on the sidelines and preach and try to get folks' attention before they fall off. But greater than all of that, this morning in my mind's eye, I see the crest of that hill. Along that road, and all of a sudden, there's a little slowdown in traffic, Brother Wesley, a bottleneck up front. Folks begin to push and shove and get antsy and want to go and want to get by. But as they're pushing and shoving, as they look up at the crest of that hill, standing right in the middle of that road, is our bloodstained Redeemer. And His bloodstained arm stretched out and His nail-pierced hand. As the precious, holy, begotten Son of God stands in the middle of the road, saying, turn back, go back. This way's death, this way's destruction, this way's hell. And this morning, multiplied millions that fall off into the abyss of the damned have to go by the cross of Calvary. Have to go by the darling Son of God and some would nearly even brush up against His riven side to ever get where they're going. This morning, while we sit assembled in Flint Hill Baptist Church, the darling Son of God, one more time, has thrown up a roadblock in front of some sinner. They said, why don't you stop here and get off the road? Why don't you stop here? The Word of God teaches us in John chapter 16, verse 7, Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, shall go in and out and find a pasture. This morning, the door's in the middle of the road. People can't find it. I know why they can't find it. They ain't looking for it. Most folks don't want to see it. Somehow or another this morning, I meditated on this a good bit in the morning. When I was lost and unregenerate without God and any blind man on a galloping horse should have been able to see by the way I live, Miss Diane, I was lost. But somehow or another, I never considered that I could possibly ever go to hell. Brother Ricky, it never entered my mind I could go to hell. I never thought about that. 
Brother Wesley, that road is so full of distractions. That road is so full of things to look at and there's people all around and they're all just kind of pushing and shoving, going the same direction and you're going with the flow, not trying to make any resistance in that thing and folks just can't see it. And there's folks that sit in this building this morning and you cannot see yourself ever going to hell. But if you don't heed the warning this morning, that's exactly where you're going to wind up. 